The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome in to the latest edition of the AP Draft Room Podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Really appreciate you guys joining. It is a great time, great week to be a draft fan, a Chiefs fan. You know, we got the combine behind us now. We got free agency coming up. You know, there's just a lot to talk about, a lot to dive into, and we're going to do it today on the show. My name is Ron Cobb Jr., uh, your typical host here on the AP Draft Room Podcast, but as you know, I've been rotating in my guys, my co-hosts, you know, some of my favorite people to talk football with. Had Caleb and Nate on the last couple of weeks and felt like it was only right that I brought on Maurice Elston, my guy on the Arrowhead Pride, another great rider we have on the site. Was doing Kingdom Keys for us with some of the some of the other guys during the season. I, I felt it was only right, Maurice, that we brought you back on for the podcast channel, uh, get you a chance to get your free agency and draft takes off. Uh, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Glad to be on, man. Glad to talk to draft for free agency, man. Um, glad football season really never ends for us, right? So I, I love it. I love it. I'm ready. <laughs> man, it really does not. No, especially when your team goes to the Super Bowl. That stuff, it flips around so quick. We're already right. talking. We're already at the combine by the time you can even breathe after the Super Bowl win. But we love it. We love it love here. It. That's what love we it. do. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the draft is kind of a, a special thing itself. You know, I've, I've and I've kind of been, you know, I've asked the guys the past couple of weeks, you know, kind of some of their favorite draft memories, you know, how they got into it, because I do think it's it, it's kind of funny. It's like a it's kind of di- a different um, passion than just, you know, the NFL. Right. You love football. You love watching Chiefs. But there's something too, you know, kind of wanting to see, OK, who's going to be the next up? You know, who are these guys? Who's going to be the sleeper of the class? You know, who, you know, kind of figuring all that out and uh you know i don't know I've, I've talked about how i fell in love with it i've uh i've I put myself on blast again i'm gonna say it i i like jalen rager over justin jefferson i'm gonna remind the people how terrible of a take that is every week so uh i don't know maurice how'd you get into the draft and then do you have any uh any bad any bad takes like like that one i don't know if you're gonna hit that one but yeah so anything? yeah no i don't think i'm gonna hit that one at all <laughs> like i mean i always followed it kind of you know looked at it it, it used to be just like after the first round was over. Cause you know, it used to be where the draft was just all day Saturday. So right. like you didn't want to kind of pay attention to the whole thing. You watch the first couple of rounds and you'd be done. But when I really, um, I really got into it. I got season, like me and my pops got season tickets. So we actually got invited to like a draft party out at, out at Earlhead stadium. Oh yeah. And that's when it was really called Earlhead stadium. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, 
Because we got called. yeah, still caught that. So we we went out there, and it was like after one of the bad seasons that she's had. I want to say it's 2012. So we just had a bad season, and we had the number 11 pick overall. So I'm excited in a sense because I'm like, we finally got a high draft pick. We haven't had a a high draft pick. And I remember everybody's excited, anxious for the pick come up. And we end up taking Don Terry Poe. Yes. I like, and I remember like the whole place just like looking at each other like, who? (laughs) Because we, we were expecting a defensive tackle was not on the radar there. And I just remember, like, and Don Terry Poe turned out to be a decent, you know, a decent player. I don't know right. if he ever turned out to be worth the number 11 pick overall. Uh, but but he turned out to be decent. But I just remember that being in there and everybody just anxiously waiting to his name. And it was, like, literally, like, no excitement, no cheers whatsoever. And everybody's like, who? And <laughs> trying to figure out, look up, listen, watch the highlights, trying to see who we just got. And, and that just stuck with me. I mean, freakish athlete. Messed up his back, right? Kind of did, did, I, and I think that's what made him go high. Is when good, I looked at him like he wasn't that high on nobody's board until he, until he went to the combine, and when right. he ran um, yeah. that four nine at his size, everybody's like, and then and, and then killed the bench press. Everybody's like, oh, he's a monster. The OG wow. Jordan Davis, man the the original the original just fridge moving, um, you know, and 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 yeah, you're right. He that's the thing, Jordan Davis. Everyone knew about him going into the draft, going into the combine, all that that he was going to be a freak. I do remember, yeah, Poe just kind of came out of nowhere, you know, from Memphis. Memphis wasn't a big football yeah. school, um, so that's funny though. That's that's good because yeah, I mean, who you know, it's it's exciting to get those, you know, like Colin Saunders, right? It's exciting to get those guys that are like these big dudes that can move really well. It's fun, right. but. The number 11 pick overall, number 11 like you're, pick overall, you're, you're like, thinking uh, pass protecting left tackle. You're thinking number one receiver. Right. Oh, wait, we're getting a nose tackle. We're getting uh, a nose tackle. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Hey, hey, you know, if it was Vita Vea, though, if it was, uh, you, know, right. if it, you know, if it was yeah, Aaron if Donald. got a little point. better, then we we be talking differently. But <laughs> right. only other point like, I was high on, I, I, I'll be the guy to say, I was high on Clyde. Like, when yeah. we hey, CEH I, first, I, first, I I'm like, I was like, oh, we got our guy. <laughs> like you know the whole the, the whole Westbrook comparison. I'm like, yeah, right. Oh yeah. Thinking how Andy used him. I'm like, oh, we got our guy. No, you're right, bro. That is really what sold everyone. As soon as yeah. we heard the Brian Westbrook thing, everyone was like, oh, oh my god, that was the yeah. greatest pick. Yeah, I mean, we're good. We're you know, like, we got our- you remember how dynamic he was in Andy's office. So we like, if that's what they comparing this guy to, and you seen how he performed in the L- in the championship game, we like, all right, we we got our guy, man, yeah. and. It, it is funny how much everyone and, you know, including, uh, you know, we're saying it here. We did, you know, overlook the the testing numbers. You know, I think he ran in the four sevens in the 40. Yeah. I mean, some of those things, you know, they matter for a reason, man. And, uh, you know, so we'll talk about running backs. So we'll see if there's anyone <laughs> that uh, that are, you know, maybe, you know, maybe worth repeating that and, and going right. on, uh, going for another one in the first round. But. No, I that's the thing. You know, we, we it is a big week because not only is free agency about to ramp up, Man, we got some big news, uh, you know, uh, from the Chiefs side of things. You know, obviously, we're all kind of anticipating this Orlando Brown Jr. saga to to kind of pick up and, and maybe for negotiations to to keep going. But the Chiefs decided not to franchise tag him, as as, as everyone knows by now. I'm um, deciding not to and and making that public. And again, you know that I just you know that doesn't mean they can't sign a long term contract before free agency does start. They have the the exclusive negotiating rights, but. Man, you know, you, you hear a lot of this, a lot of the stuff coming out. You know, it definitely does not sound positive, uh, you know, in terms right. of getting something done. It sounds like the Chiefs might be just ready to move on. 
I don't know when you kind of heard that, you know, what was your initial reaction? Um, and, and kind of just, are you okay with, with them just kind of, you know, not only moving on, but maybe just moving on without getting anything for them. What do you think about it? I, I was, I was happy about it, honestly. Like yeah. I, 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 I think Orlando Brown Jr. is a solid left tackle and by solid, I mean like just okay. But I'm like a solid, just okay. I say maybe top 15. I don't, I don't put him in the, in the 10, between that 10 and 15 range, mm-hmm. but wanting to get paid like he's a top three just never said well with me. And I was, I was hoping that, and I figured like I, I told somebody, I was like, I don't think Beach is going to offer him any more than what he offered him last year. And cause I don't, I don't think his play warranted that. Like, yeah. I think, you know, you look at the sack number. No, he didn't give up a lot of sacks. He gave up a lot of pressures. But when you're playing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes and then right. before that, you're playing with a guy like Lamar Jackson, two people that can escape well from the pocket and, and be able to move around. Like, of course, he didn't give up a lot of sacks. These two quarterbacks don't take a lot of sacks in general. Right. So yeah. I was like, yeah. But when you look at the pressure and how they was having to send McKinnon to help him chip and, and, and tight ends to help, like, like no, when you got a top flight left tackle, you don't have to do all that. Yeah, and that's the point right there, right? Uh, you know, I think that's the the selling point. There really is a, a, a top paid left tackle doesn't need the chip help and the constant tight end next to him to help him against speed rushers. And so, yeah, I mean, Orlando Brown can do a lot of good things, but you're talking about a very pass heavy offense. You're talking about you know a Chiefs team that really wants to be you know passing the ball a lot and and being able to spread out they don't want to have to sacrifice a receiver to block on the edge they want to have as many receivers out in the formation as possible and so that's where a, a lot of me is starting to just realize that they i think they just really said i don't even think that you know you're our type of guy and it, you know if, if we're not going to get you at a reasonable deal then we're not even going to think about it and and i really think there there's something to that i think they see maybe some guys coming up in this class that that look like good pass protectors. And right. I just think they may be thinking, hey, you know, it's it's I think it's time to let's just find a guy that we truly think can be our long term left tackle in terms of how he fits the offense. I think Brown's always kind of been a square peg in a round hole. Right. Just because he's a you know, he's a very good run blocker, a very dominant player. But that's just not what the Chiefs like to, to focus on. Right. So yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer if he's a right tackle. <laughs> yeah hey that's the thing man he he really wanted to be that left he tackle really but if he was left tackle. if like, he I was think... down to st- I, that's a good point because if he was down to stay at right tackle man i bet the chiefs would be willing to lock him up i be i bet the chiefs would be willing to say all right you're our guy and let's go find ourselves a left tackle somewhere else yeah absolutely it is funny it is funny to think about because left tackle makes that top money you know that that extra gear of money too so it is interesting but I'm excited. Like, you know, like you said, you, you said you're happy. I am excited just for the process of finding that next guy. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm really, I really like this class, which we'll talk about a little bit. But we also need to give our, our, our takes too on, on Frank Clark being released. Um, it was official that he's going to get cut. Um, you know, the, the team and the agents couldn't come to a restructuring or, or re, uh, you know, just restructuring the contract um, to keep him around. And, that's the thing, man. The social media team made it pretty clear that they were ready to say bye. They were they had all these nice uh, things to say about him. I don't know, man. When I first heard it, I'm like, okay, well, he's probably just going to come back at some point on a cheaper deal. Do you feel like that, or how do you I feel felt, about kind of go ahead? I felt like that initially, <laughs> like kind of right, like right. You know, when at first I'm like, all right, they couldn't come to agreement to restructure this the right way, so they'll let him walk, and then he'll come back and 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 take take a, a nice deal, you know. But then. When I start seeing uh, the, the 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 quotes from Andy and the quotes from Veach, I'm like, 
I think this this is sounding more like it's like goodbye instead of see you later, right? <laughs> yeah, Brown's not getting any of that, right? I mean, I know that's a little different maybe because, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe technically he hasn't been cut yet, right, because the new year right. hasn't started. But I, I think there's something, you know, there's something there, man. I don't know. I, I, I definitely do. Um, would you want to see Clark back on a, on a, on a cheap one-year deal? Or are you kind of just cool with kind of moving on and, and restocking the defensive end position elsewhere? If you'd asked me this question last year, I'd have been like, get him out of here. Like, right, right, right. I, I, I was totally on cut him, let's move on, that ship is sailed. But Clark kind of came back, I mean, not even just a player on the field, just overall, I feel like we we got to see a different, a more mature, different Frank Clark that people in the fans, like, we grew to love over this past year. How he showed the emotion, how he, how he talked, you could just see his maturity, um, taking Karloffis to the side, working with him, like you're like, okay, he didn't really turn it into anything too much during the regular season, but then postseason, he showed up like like he yeah. always like he always did. So it made it kind of bittersweet to see him go. Like if he can come back on a on a on a friendly deal, I'm like, I'm with it. Like come on back, help train up. You know, still drafting a, a young guy in my opinion, and let Frank Clark kind of take that Carlos Dunlap role. Right. It's, yes. it's kind of how, how I was feeling about it and hoping how it would play out. Um, but I feel like Beach just has his number with guys like, hey, this is my number. And if you ain't willing to go here, I'm, I'm willing to let it go. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a really good point um, with the Carlos Dunlap. Actually, Caleb brought that up, too, which it's right. I mean, that's the thing with Frank has always been, hey, you know, your, your production doesn't match the number. Um, but hey, if the number is a lot lower, you know, in terms of salary, uh, you know, maybe maybe we're all more OK with the four or five sacks that he gets uh, in a year. Um, you know, last year he was paid as one of the best players in the entire NFL, which is just ridiculous. And, and I'm glad the Chiefs didn't just uh, continue to keep that on the books. So. Right. But yeah, so we got a lot to, to go into with with the Chiefs, you know, roster. They're going to be shaking some stuff up, man. And I'm excited for it. And the first way they're going to be able to do it. This free agency, which starts next week, uh, the legal tampering window opens on Monday, but on Wednesday, uh, sometime midday is when they officially can start signing guys. And, and that's honestly one of my favorite times of the year, just because you get all these new signings. You get to imagine, oh, this guy here, you know, this receiver with yeah. this quarterback. I'm excited, man. And um, we're going to talk about some of these specific positions in the free agency class. And whether or not they make sense for the Chiefs to kind of, you know, look through and, and whether or not they're worth looking through. And I thought it was only right we started with with the running backs. Uh, you're someone that's been looking at the running backs really, uh, really heavy for us at the site, um, looking at the draft prospects, but also just, you know, general, you know, guys out there. Um, I think it is a very strong running back group in free agency. I think that's not a, you know, it's not a, I, I think it's a fact. I think everyone would agree with that. You look at the running back group, um, you know, I, there's a ton of names. So, you know, it, it's hard to pick out, you know, specific guys. But, you know, you look at someone like, you know, hey, there's obviously going to be the Saquon Barkley's out there. There's obviously going to be like a D David Montgomery, a Miles Sanders, maybe like some of these, you know, maybe top. I, I wouldn't say top tier guys, but, you know, uh, starting caliber guys. Right. But I don't know. I'm kind of looking at some of these lower key guys, a Jamal Williams, a Samaj P. Ryan, you know, um, maybe how they can kind of fit as pass down backs. What kind of running back are you looking for? And do any of these running backs in free agency kind of pique your interest as someone that could fit with Pacheco and the rest of the Chiefs offense? Yeah, like I, I like first one that kind of jumped out to me, like I looked at the David Montgomery and, and, and the reason I kind of looked there is like he's a he, to me, he's a low carrier. So I feel like you kind of need yeah. that guy that 
you know, Pacheco runs violently. And it's like, at some point, I'm like, he going to pay for that. <laughs> right? Like, like right. I don't know, but he dishes it out more than he takes it. So, um, I would love to have, like, a a, um, a guy behind that, that can carry that load if need be. But I, but I, but I think P Ryan catches my eye the most because I think yeah. he can. If we don't bring McKinnon back, P Ryan can come in and be that third down back. You've seen him through through a couple of years with with the Bengals, where he's not afraid to you know pick up the blitz, able to sniff that out, and, and and he's decent in the pass game. I like him. I like that. I like Devin Singletary. I feel like the Bills yeah. never got out of him what what they really could have. I, I don't feel like they ever really gave him a chance. They brought a bunch of people in that they drafted a guy then they traded for another one. So I don't think he returns there by any means. And I think you can get him for a decent price. I think he can do something in the Chiefs offense. Of course, everybody's um gonna gonna always long as Kareem Hunt's name is out there, try try to bring him to the table. But I, I don't see that happening, nor do I think I want it to happen. Um I think it'd be more of a distraction than anything else um, at at this point. Yeah, I I agree with that definitely. I, and and it's just one of those things where you know, we all remember what happened, but hey, he 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 lied to the team. The team made a decision. I just don't think the team. It's the same. It's the same team. You know, it's yeah. the same, it's Andy Reid. It's it's still Clark Hunt. They still feel disrespected by that. I don't think there's going to be uh, a remarriage there. But no, I I totally agree with you on a, on a guy like P Ryan, man. I think that's that's a a guy that especially fits. I think him and Jamal Williams, the Lions running back. You know, obviously with the Packers at one time too, but just guys that our hard nose are going to be able to run, you know, hard and, and, and break tackles for you at, at times, but also just reliable pass down backs that are going to put their nose as, in pass protection as well. Right. And that's the great part about having such a strong running back class is these guys, there, there's going to be some sort of market crash on this position where there's so many of these guys, they can't all go for what the, the price they want to go for. And that's why I really think the chiefs have an opportunity to steal one of these guys Right, you know, a Piran in another year may may become a starting back somewhere and 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 get signed like it. I just feel like this year there may be no opportunity for that, and maybe he just says, "I'm going to go somewhere, get a one year deal, prove who I am in the McKinnon role." Bada bing, bada boom. Next offseason, I'm I'm making some money. So, um, I mean, because the running back slide, you know, the running back position is just not value like it like it used exactly. to be valued anyway. So, so that, that brings it exactly. down. They're probably not they're probably not getting multi-year deals as it is, you know, a right. lot of time anyway. On top of that, there's a ton of them. There's so many of them. So, I don't know. I and I think that gives you an opportunity to give someone like Devin Singletary too. Um I I like how you mentioned him. Speaking of drafts, old draft takes, I uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I actually comped Devin Singletary when he was coming out of Florida Atlantic. I comped him to a, a Priest Holmes type of runner. I I I said that, so it only makes sense know. that he comes to Kansas City. So. I, I'm not mad at that comparison. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a little, it's a little wild. It's a little wild. We, yeah. we, can, be, we can be honest about it. <laughs> so, I mean, at the time when Priest came out, nobody knew Priest was going to be Priest. So, hey, that's true. He's undrafted free agent. <laughs> um, some other guys, maybe some veteran guys in a McKinnon type of um, picture. A Kenyon Drake, he's 29, yeah. going to be 30. You know, he's been a pass down kind of back in his career where he can kind of do some of that. Um, you know, Damian, you know, Damian Harris, the Patriots running back, uh, he is a free agent. You know, he's, he's had some flashes in his career as both a receiver and a runner. You know, a guy like Rashad Penny, you know, I feel like he's yeah. a he's a really good runner. He got hurt last year for Seattle. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like there's a ton of options. Um, if there's anyone I, I've, I've missed in that in that listing, 
But besides that, we, we may just move on. Is there anybody else you can think of on the, in the running I'll, back? Only one I, will, I, I would love to see in a, in a bigger role, even if it's not with, with the Chiefs. Alexander, um, is it Madison? With that, yeah. That is the, yeah, he's right. coming off of the Vikings. Every time he came in for Dalvin Cook, he showed flashes. Yeah. Like, I, I like I, him. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him with us. I think, like, like he showed flashes of being able to do some things and just never really got an opportunity in Minnesota. Man, that's a good one. That's a low-key one because, I, you know, again, uh, talking about this, you know, this market, I just feel like he's someone that's going to have to sign for, like, as cheap as you can pretty much, yeah. right? I just – and that's a guy that, like you said, I think he's been a great change of pace back in Minnesota. So, I like those names. Definitely something to consider. I really feel like the Chiefs could attack, uh, address a running back position in free agency. I don't think that's that's far off at all. Um and I also feel like they could do it at the safety position. And that's another one of these positions that has a strong class in free agency. I think the highlight that everyone knows is, is the Bengal, uh, for, former Bengal Jesse Bates. It does feel like he's he's heading towards a separation that they're not going to bring him back. But, man, there's there's a ton of names out there. You know, you talk about Jordan Poyer, the Bills safety. You talk about, you know, I know they're older, but, you know, guys like Kareem Jackson, Devin McCourty, um, two you know, you know, very established veterans in this league. Even the other Bengal safety, Von Bell, yeah. I, I, I've liked what he does. He's a 28-year-old, you know, not too old. Um, let's just start off here. The, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, another great, yeah. uh, you know, another good name. Someone that I really like his versatility, definitely would fit in the Chiefs defense. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. so you, you like Chauncey out of this group? Yeah, just for what you mentioned, man, the, the versatility. Um, yeah. I think that's what Spags values that. If you look at at, at at every way you sneeze, when uh, when when Matthew was here, when how he's using um how 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 he's using our first round pick, oh, why is his name slipping my mind right now? But anyway, um, yeah, McDuffie, McDuffie, yeah, McDuffie, yeah. how he's using McDuffie. Um, I think yeah. he values versatility in his defensive backfield, and oh, I, yeah. and I and I can really see CJ um Gardner Johnson coming in and really adding something there. I just think maybe he gonna want more money than than what we're trying to trying to right. deal with in that position. But I would love to see it. Well, yeah, and, and and that's the question I should probably ask before we even get into all these safeties is how you know I'm I, the more I think about it, the more I could see a, a path or just a, a a vision where they say, look, we like having three strong safeties. You know, three a, a really solid group of three safeties. We have Brian Cook, who could be our second best safety, but you know why don't we just keep him as the third best safety and get another you know decent safety at that position, especially when you have all the young cornerbacks you have. I know you do have to pay Snead potentially this offseason, which which you know that kind of takes away from having all these corners on rookie deals. But all that to say, man, you know, do you think it makes sense for them to you know actually be pretty aggressive at safety and maybe even make a big signing like a Jesse Bates type of like maybe not that big, maybe not that big, but I don't know. What do you feel about actually making kind of a splash signing at safety? I mean, I would love it, honestly. I think um, if, if if you can shore up that back end, then it just it it it, it makes everything else over better. Right. Like I would love to have two veteran safeties back there to help out those young corners, right? And I like Cook. I think I think Cook has has, yeah, has a nice ceiling. I think I think he'll be fine if we if the Chiefs go that route and keep him as a starter. I'm not going to be upset at, at that at all. But I would love for like a, a Bates or, or or a Poirier to be back there. Like it do, it makes us better. Because one thing I think we lit lit li- lack on that back end was just turnovers. I think um yeah, you know we, we 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 st- the Chiefs stepped up a lot going down and played really well on the back end going going down the stretch. But t- 
turnovers was not really created. Um, we had a lot of drops, definitely McDuffie, but we had they had some drops <laughs> there, but and then some some penalties that that made stuff come back. But overall, I think if we can get a playmaker back there, that like I don't think we have nobody in our secondary right now that a team fears. You know, I I'd say Sneed. I do think I do think Sneed does some of that a little bit, but I think you're right to an extent. I was very critical of Justin Reed last year in terms of his inability to create big plays. I mean. No tackles for loss for, through like the first twelve weeks of the season or something. Yeah. Um, no, you know, no interceptions. Um, he definitely turned it on as, as like you were kind of saying. I just think the entire secondary, and that kind of could have just been where hey, you have a bunch of new guys, you know, a bunch of rookies and new faces in the in the defense. Maybe it just took some time, you know, to really set in. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I do like the idea maybe of uh, you know getting a guy that can create more turnovers as a safety. Thornhill really just wasn't. You know, we kind of talked about a pre-show, but. Thornhill just kind of lost that ball hawking ability that I feel like he really showed his rookie year. And that's what you want at this, at this position we're talking about right now. And so ideally he is that guy, but I don't know. So do you have any sort of, um, would you want to resign Thornhill at all? Or are you kind of ready to just fi find another guy and maybe, you know, develop someone else for the right price? I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the, for the, for the right price. And I, and I don't even know what that right price is. Or if it was like, hey, we couldn't find anybody, we're gonna bring them back on a one-year deal, like something like that. I wouldn't be mad at, um, but I I would rather let them walk. I think at this time, if I had to choose between Cook starting and Thornhill, I'm gonna go ahead and say let's let, let's go ahead and get Cook in there. I don't think his yeah, drop off. If you say, hey, we're gonna bring a Proyer in here or Jesse Bates, I'm like, oh yeah, let Cook be third. Then. Like so, right. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like if we're gonna bring a big name in here who you know can do what they do. I am definitely good with 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 Cook standing in that third row and bringing a starter here. If it's between Cook starting and Thornhill, I'm like, I'd rather see what Cook can be, see what we got there. Yeah, and I'm totally with you, and, and it's kind of nice to have that. You know, it's kind of a, a good problem to have, you know, if, if you're kind of, hey, you know, we have this guy that we could make our second safety, but, we, you know, it's also, you know, he's he could be a third safety and bring another guy in. So Chiefs are in a good spot there, I think. Um, right. I do think – I do think they'll address it in the draft uh, to some extent, but we can talk about that. Let's go into the defensive tackle group, though, because this is a position that the Chiefs do need to address. That's, they need bodies, right? They have Chris Jones, they have Tershawn Wharton, and then a couple guys on the reserve future deals. Um, so really not any A-gap kind of players, no you know, run-stuffing defensive tackles right now. Naughty is a free agent. Colin Saunders is an unrestricted free agent. And the defensive tackle class is another strong group. Um, you know, I, I really feel like there's opportunity here for the Chiefs, even if they want to get aggressive. You know, Javon Hargrave is out there. He's 30 years yeah. old. I don't know how much he's going to be able to demand at 30 years old. He's a kind of a late bloomer of a, a player. He wasn't someone that was super impressive as a early in his career, but the last couple of years he's become one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. He's someone that could demand a lot, but I don't know. What is your thoughts on is there – should we should the Chiefs think about really just like going after and and getting two stud defensive tackles, a Jones and a Hargrave, if they're not going to be able to find these, which we'll talk about in a second. But you know the edge rushing groups, you know if they can't kind of you know find a star a stud in the, in those groups, maybe they want to just address it on the interior. What do you think about maybe going all in on on two like big time defensive tackles? Of course, it starts with depending on what that Jones extension looks like, which if we know is going to be hefty when that when that happens, he's going he's going to get paid as he should. Um, but but I definitely think like that would be beneficial. Definitely if it's a it's, it's a run stopper guy. 
somebody that because you lose it. Naughty wasn't that you know that great. I think his his play actually declined as the year went on. Versus got better. I like the leaps that that Saunders that Saunders made, and I think he 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 hasn't reached his peak yet. But I still don't think he's that that guy that you want starting every every week for you. Not you know at least not yet. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they went in and said, you know what, we're gonna shore up this middle so we can keep our linebackers free because I mean that's what you we we know that Bolton's at his best when when he's un when he's unblocked. He struggles when people get his hands on him. But if we got somebody that can tie up that center from being able to get to that next level on them, I think going aggressive there only makes Bolton better. And that's a good point because, yeah, I talk about going big, right, finding – you know, because a Hargrave is that type that can be a little of both, right? He can eat up space, but he can also be a penetrator, also get after the quarterback. But, yeah, maybe there there's something to – you know, maybe you kind of just focus on finding that – Again, that Derek Naughty type where he's really just more of an A-gap early down player, but maybe just a better Derek Naughty. Greg Gaines, the Rams defense tackle, someone I'm, I'm intrigued by. Um, I don't, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a primary A-gap guy. He's definitely, again, just in that you know, conversation of a nose tackle type. But, man, he, he, he's plugged that middle for the Rams defense, you know, when they were really good the last few years, um, won a Super Bowl with them. You know, I don't know how much you demand as a primary nose tackle in today's NFL, but. If they signed him, you know, if they, you know, he's only 26 years old, if they signed him, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy about that. Would you want to maybe address that, just that early down a gap in the free agency and the draft? I don't know. What do you think about kind of just maybe finding that specialized guy? I got, I really think I, that's one, something I would address in free agents. Like, yeah. If, if that you makes got sense, the money right? to do it, I, I think you're addressing the free agency. I, I'm, I'm big on trying to, get people that you know can do it in free agency. And I, right. and I think it's, and then not being forced to have to reach in the draft because you really need a position. So I'm like, yeah, you build championship teams built through the draft and you want to get young, want to have that next player. But it's like kind of like when we when, when the Chiefs brought in, what is it, Bow? I think that was his name, the center. But we still draft the Creed Humphreys. So oh, like yeah, yeah. you got this guy here that you know can do it and can start. So that way you ain't got to reach. But, hey, now the creed failed to us and we ain't got to, you know, do too much to go get him. We're going to still draft the guy that we wanted. And I think yeah. it, it just makes sense to have that veteran presence that you know can go out there and get the job done. That way if the draft board doesn't go the way that you intended it to go, you're still in a great position. Well, hey, that, that's a good point at this position specifically too because, you know, you can look at a guy in college and say, okay, he can eat up double teams and and, and be a space eater. But hey, you, you don't know exactly how he's going to yeah. handle NFL double teams until he's in he's in the NFL, right? You you've right. seen Greg Gaines eat up space, you know, you know, you know, know what to do and and that and and kind of be again, those kind of guys, you know, they're they're guys that sacrifice themselves, right? And so yeah. he's already he already knows the deal, he already gets that. And so yeah, and then you maybe go to the draft for more of your uh maybe like your penetrators, guys that you're kind of banking on, maybe pass rush upside. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, I, I'm with you on that. I think it'd be good for them to find that, that kind of early down that nose tackle to play next to Jones again, eat some space. Uh, I do think there's some draft guys that could do it, but they could also develop into pass rushers. Keanu Benton, shout out. That's my guy. I'm a, I'm a ride. I'm a ride all season, but okay. Th those are three of the strongest position groups I'd say in the free agency. Some yeah. of the weaker ones though. Um, and, and, and we'll go these through these kind of quickly, but it's funny. They're just kind of some of the most important positions on a football team, right? They're the offensive tackles. They're the wide receivers. The edge rushers aren't 
you know, as bad, I'd say, as the tackles and wide receivers are. Um, I think there's a, a few more options at, at edge. And again, another position where the Chiefs just need probably bodies. They probably just need to. We kind of mentioned how Frank Clark could be that Carlos Dunlap. Well, even if that's not him, they need a Carlos Dunlap type. Right. right. And so there are some options out there. I mean, you know, hey, Melvin Ingram um, is, is back out there as a free agent. If if the Chiefs want to revisit that, I don't know exactly uh, if, if they will. I think, you know, I think that was a fun little little ride, but I don't know exactly how well he fit. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, um, these veteran kind of defensive yeah. ends that have the length. Um, you know, shoot. Uh, you know, Samson Ebukam is, is kind of an interesting name, the 49ers edge rusher. He's a little younger, so maybe he demands a little more, but someone that can definitely give you some juice. Dewan Smoot from Jacksonville, Arden Key from Jacksonville. I like both of those guys as situational yeah. rushers. Yeah, I'm high on Key. It, it, yeah, it, it, it's situational. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him in here. I mean, I like Clowney, and, and I know he hasn't shown anything the last few stops he's been. I think you know, atmosphere changes people. Mm-hmm. Like I really think if he if he was getting here with the Chiefs atmosphere, the Chiefs defensive line coach with the Chiefs defensive lineman and Chris Jones, like that type of presence, I really think Clowney can be that rotational guy that 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 can still perform if in the right if put in the right situation. Well, yeah, and and it's it's all about what you're expecting him to do, and I and I think if you're, if you're expecting him to be this like sack artist, then hey, you're going to be really disappointed. But what he is going to come in to do and. You know, I guess Dunlap, you know, was getting sacks, you know, quite a bit last year uh, comparatively to Clowney. But, you know, Clowney would just be a really solid player. It would really just, you know, be a hard, you know, he would set the edge obviously very well, you know, would not be someone that gets, you know, scooped out quite a bit. You know, he'd be right. in there. He'd be, he'd be, you know, tightening gaps, you know, being a, a help in the run game. And then, yeah, hey, with the Spagnolo's pass rush plans, throw him inside on a guard and he's going to beat the heck out of him and, yeah. and probably create some pressure. So, I like that. I do think he's someone that everyone's kind of just like, eh, let's not even worry about it. Right. I can definitely see them grabbing him and, every, you know, it, it kind of just being an under-the-radar move. Um, so Clowney is definitely someone I would, again, in that Dunlap role, I think that's a great it's a great way to put it. I think, you know, just that, you know, 40% of the snaps, maybe if that, um, but just coming in and giving you good snaps. I mean, it's like the same thing we do, kind of done that she's done the last few years with, you know, like you said, Ingram, and then we didn't get Ingram back. They they went they went to Dunlap rap after not getting Ingram back. I th- yeah. I think they just look for that type of a role, somebody that's a veteran presence that 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 can rotate. Well, we didn't touch on o- offensive tackle and wide receiver just because you know we talked about Brown, we talked about you know. Um, you know, McColl and Juju as unrestricted free agents. It sounds like, though, the Chiefs are kind of leaning towards bringing Juju back and kind of just having that as the receiving group again. That's the report from James Palmer. We don't know that for sure, but he's a very credible Chief source. But uh, I, I guess I'll just wrap up this free agency preview discussion by asking you, at those two positions, you know, how do you feel about do they need to do they need to grab somebody right now? Or are those two positions where, you know, can they and, and you can go one or the other. Um, can they kind of just sit right now and, and kind of just wait on, you know, hey, we'll just add in the draft um, to, to what we got now. It might be risky, but I don't know. What do you think just because of how weak the free agency group is? I think because how weak it is, I don't think it's something you jump on to pay somebody a lot of money day one. Like, I think you kind of talk, ha- have the conversations, right? Right. And if somebody's, you know, showing the interest back in you and they want to, you know, take a team-friendly deal, I'm, I'm with it. If Juju wants a team-friendly deal, I'm like, 
bring him back. If Juju's asking for too much, I don't think he showed enough, in my opinion, to warrant a big contract. Um, uh, Alan Lazard, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, come to Kansas City on the, for the right price. If mm-hmm. he came here, something like on an MVS type deal, I'm like, okay, you know, we we we, we can roll with that. Um, Donovan Smith, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad. You know, if healthy, if, if if your team doctors look at him and say, hey, those two them injuries he had last season, because before last season, he was a solid left tackle. And it's yeah. like if, 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 if his injuries and stuff check out where he's not that I think, you know, for the right for the right price, you can bring him in as a just in case person in case like you don't get the left tackle that you think you're going to get in, in in the draft. See, that's the thing with Smith. I, I, I'm with you. I think that's someone to be smart to target, go after. He has been, you know, a solid player for eight years. Um, you know, he's he's protected Jameis Winston type of offenses and also Tom Brady type of offenses. You know, he's been in, you know, different situations. And honestly, he's probably as, cl- you know, he's probably pretty close to Orlando Brown Jr. He's just the right price, you know, right. honestly. Uh, he's 30 years old. It's not like he's super old. He may be a little banged up from last year, but. You know, they're both similar size. They're both massive dudes that just really rely on their size and length. Um, and and I think Donovan is just a he, he's probably even a better pass protector, honestly, than Orlando Brown Jr. to some extent. So yeah, the hard um, part I, of changing what they're gonna do, in my opinion, is because you know the, the report came out that you know that Veach is like looking to solidify this position for the long term. Exactly. So it's like if he's looking to do that, then Smith probably doesn't fit that 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 concept. That that makes me think that. They seen something at the combine and in the draft to say, hey, we got a chance of getting one or four or five of these guys. We have a real strong chance of getting if we do this, this and that. We're going to take our chances. That's that's kind of how I feel like hearing that they looking to lock up something for the long, like a long term solution. Right. And I, and I think that's where the the negotiation part comes in with Smith. You, you can't, you know, you can't have this long term, this, this super right. long deal, three, four year deal. Yeah, I think ideally you, you find him on a two year deal that's maybe front loaded, you know, get a lot of it in the, the first year. And then, you know, yeah, you draft that guy. And, and hey, if he beats him out right away, cool. kind of just kind of it's insurance, right? You had that veteran as insurance. You kind of pay for the insurance. It sucks. But if he if you just got to cut him after the year didn't play it all for you. Hey, at least you had a, a, an answer, a plan. Um, and then, you know, that first round pick Anton Harrison, hopefully is, uh, is, 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 is on his way. So yeah, that's what yeah. Sure is, man. You, you, you pay a lot of money for it and hope you never have to use it. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that is a good insurance plan. I really do. So that is, is great stuff on the free agency stuff, but let's throw it to break, uh, get to the other side of this show. And we're going to get to prospect of the week. One of my favorite times of the show, but We'll do that on the other side. Okay, we are back on the AP Draft Room Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. And you know what? I'm just going to get into it right away. We're not even going to waste too much time. Let's get into Prospect of the Week. Hey, Prospect. We have other prospects. Prospect of the Week. That's right. We are in Prospect of the Week, the your favorite segment of all the Airhead Pride weekly podcast. I'm calling it right now. It is your favorite weekly segment. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to find future Chiefs here. We're, we're digging out, you know, we're picking out names that we really think make sense to end up on the Chiefs roster in late April. And that's why I'm going to let you go first. And because I think you have a really interesting name and I'm excited to talk about him. So who do you have as today's Prospect of the Week? 
Man, prospect of the week for me is a guy that I've been looking at since we start talking draft and looking at. As soon as I jumped into running backs, so I'm going through it, start watching some film and some tape. And this guy just jumped off to me. And it's like maybe because I can relate to, you know, playing running back in high school and college and and, and and being the size that I am, only being like five, eight. I think I'm like I root for the small guys sometimes. Keaton Mitchell, man. Keaton Mitchell, like. This I feel like this guy is dynamic. Like it surprises me where 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 he's you know projected to go. Me but too. I I I think that value is so perfect for the Kansas City Chiefs. Four three seven guy, right? So I think that's I mean Pacheco runs a four three, but there's something about Keaton Mitchell's four three that looks a little different than Pacheco's you know four three because. I think Pacheco, once he's up and running, you can really see the speed. He's explosive to be able to hit the edge. But there's some guys that have speed, like you see with Tyreek, that's able to get to that top speed quickly. And right. I think that's what you see with Keith Mitchell, man, that, that burst. Um, I mean, I think he, he, led, he led the NCAA in, in, in 10 yards or plus carries with 54. So, I mean, doesn't have the size to kind of pick up the blitz and things that you would like to see, like if you're talking about a third down back. But I think in an Andy Reid style offense that specializes in putting guys in the best position possible to perform, oh, I would love to see Keaton Mitchell with the Chiefs. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely that dynamic dynamicism um, that that can be. You can really see it like in zone runs where he's kind of just maneuvering through the box, man. Hey, what do the Chiefs love to do? And and sometimes it drives me crazy, but they just love to run inside outside zone back and forth, back and forth in the run game and. Guys like that that have that wiggle, that have that you know that that uh, you know elusiveness. That's the kind of guys that are going to succeed with that. You know, Pacheco really improved over the year. You know, but he's not the most elusive guy, and and a lot of you know his great runs are because the line is blowing it open for him. Yeah. I still think there's there's opportunity for for a, a better running back. You know, a better vision running back, which I think Pacheco could still grow into, um, with a little more wiggle to uh, you know to to even to be even better at some of those runs. You know, I think Jerick McKinnon even sometimes you saw it. Right. was even better um you know in those in between the tackle runs yeah just, so, like, like, just that person that can find it like yeah Pacheco to me is kind of like if it's there or right. you know, he's gonna hit it he's gonna hit it hard if anybody's in his way he's gonna probably run through it and break the tackle but that kind of makes something out of nothing type of running back I don't think you know McKinnon is good at it but of course he's getting up in their age definitely when you start thinking running back that and that's the main reason I think the Chiefs try to go draft somebody to get somebody else with that speed and that that vision out outlook that 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 you can get at the running back. And I just think, man, I think um Keaton Mitchell, man, really fits that. And 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 the value of what he can do for where he's going to probably be drafted at, I think makes perfect sense. Like I don't think that the Chiefs go first, second, third round looking at a running back. I would I would tend to agree. Um I, it is, you know, and we'll talk about it here in a second. So maybe I'll save it. But yeah. I, I will say East Carolina running back. I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, you know, uh, he is a, he's a pirate. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone wants to go check him out, uh, we had our running back AP film room this week and we, we didn't include him. And honestly I wanted to, but it was just because they did not have great film of him. Yeah. Uh, just the only game I had full film of him, he just did not do much, which was sad because I really wanted to break him down and show the people how explosive he was. So yeah, I had to go well, out looking. I had to go find a lot of clips and, and, right. and it was more highlightish than being able to really dissect this game. So, yeah. But that's the thing, man, with running backs, I would say receivers even too. Sometimes it's really just about what you can do, what your top end ability is. And and I think that's one thing with Keaton is you can see he's a big play dude, just playmaking, you know, 
play, you know, I would say as a pass catcher too, I feel like he can be a, he can be good on screens just in general as a pass catcher. So shout out Keaton Mitchell. Glad you gave him some love and would love to see him in a chief's uniform. I'm going to go with though, on the other side of the ball in the trenches, I'm going to go uh Tuli Tua Pelotu. I think I got that right. Honestly, Tuli Tua Pelotu USC's defensive lineman. Um, he's definitely a little bit of a tweener uh, when you watch him. He, he he shows up on the edge as this big, hulking dude. He actually was listed at like 290, and then he came at the combat at 266. So I think that oh, was a, a product of, uh, yeah, USC kind of overhyping how big he was. Or, yeah, USC. Um, so, yeah, so he comes in at 6'3", 266 at the, at the combine. So, you know, that's the scary part about being that tweener is you hear 290, and you're like, oh, God, you can't play on the edge. But 266 is obviously a great size. You know, Spags right. is going to love that as an edge defender and he, sh- he looks big though. That's the thing you, you believe he's 290 when you watch him because he does play that big and maybe he did drop a lot of weight, um, but he moves very well for being that hulking size. You know, he, he was kind of versatile for them. He was on the edge. He was on the inside. Sometimes he's even blitzing from like an off ball position, but he just, he just really knows what to do as a rusher, um, you know, knows how to get a first step and, and come off quickly and, and, and fire through holes and, and kind of, you know, win that initial battle and kind of win the leverage, um, even though he is a little bit of a taller guy. But again, 6'3", that's the thing. Sometimes these guys get 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, they're almost too tall. Too tall. Um, right, especially if they're going to play on inside at all. He's not going to be a fully inside guy, but again, someone that can be versatile. He does have, again, I think 6'3", not the longest arms, you know, uh, unfortunately. But I think sometimes, you know, having long arms as a defensive lineman can be underrated. Sometimes I think it – Allows your chest to get, uh, you know, yeah, allows people that's, to that's, get to your I chest. Think sometimes quickly. those long arms allow offensive linemen sometimes to get into you more and get yeah. their hands on you. Like, so the shorter I arms is, I mean, yeah. still what, 13 sacks last year? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. He's a productive uh, dude. And, and that's, <laughs> and, and I really, I don't take production too much into account with draft prospects. It's, you shouldn't look at someone's box score and compare it to others and say, okay, if that, but, Pass rushing, you do want to see guys get into a decent number of sacks and tackles for losses, I would say. Right. Um, it just shows you that that they were active not only on, on the defensive pass, uh, pass rush rotation, it also just shows you that they were they were getting after the quarterback. They were winning uh, quite a bit. And he had 21 sacks as a true junior, you know, over three years. That's pretty good. You know, there's there's some other true juniors in this class that didn't get to 21 sacks. You know, Miles Murphy doesn't have that many. B.J. Ojalari didn't have that many. Um, so... Good for him to kind of have that production to go along with it. And he was a first-team All-Pac-12 player in 2021. So he is a young player. That's the other part of this, too. He's super young. That's why I'm excited about him. Um, I think it'd be maybe day two. I think it'd be that second-round pick probably that you'd have to spend to get him. But I don't know, man. He, he tested really – well, he didn't have testing numbers, I should say. But at the pro day, if he has a really good testing, you know, I could see him maybe being closer to round one. Do you, have you gotten eyes on him at all? Do you know uh, much I, about I, him? I, I looked at him a little bit, so I seen enough to to kind of to know that like he brings what I think the opposite of what Carlofis brings. You know, Carlofis is really like the bull rush. You know, not a lot, of, not a, not a definitely quick first step, but just a high bull rush, high motor, strong guy. I think you get the speed side over here. You know, with him that you that that you don't get with Carlofis, which I think you need because I think that's kind of what you necessarily lose with losing Frank Clark. Is the kind of speed rusher ability guy, mm-hmm. so I think that's what you need. You you need kind of that both where you can move them around, get the matchups that you're looking for along the defensive line. Um, like you say, tackles for loss matter. He had about 22 of those, I think, last year. So yeah, the, the numbers and what you see, like 
you don't want to look solely at the number, but you look at the numbers and then you want to say, okay, does this show up on tape? And it's like, it does. It does to me. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, no, that's honestly a really interesting point. Cause I think on the surface you see, okay, he's like this bigger edge rusher. You kind of think, okay, we're getting two power rushers, right? You know, Karloff, this is one. And then you, again, on the surface, you're like, this guy's another one. Cause he's a bigger dude an in-between kind of guy. But I think you're right. I do think he has that first step that that bend i think he does have some bend um at his size yes, that important. yeah and and it makes him more of a, a maybe of a speed rusher than maybe his size you know would tell you you know i i would say i'd like him you know i i, I want to see what his 40 or 10 yard split is um you know pro day is not going to be very reliable but you know it is hard to tell exactly you know how well he's going to be getting off the ball at that size um, that's crazy, the problem like, with being a speed rusher. People that's compare him to Karloffis, but I see, like, they say the NFL comparisons, like, it, 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 it's people I've seen said Karloffis, but I, I don't know. I see a little, I see more athletic ability than what Karloffis shows, in my opinion. And I would agree with that. I, I really would. Um, and, and again, though, we're not, we're probably not going to see the Chiefs draft a Nolan Smith, unfortunately. So they probably are going to be looking at these guys more, right? And so right. if you can get these, the guy that has the size, Plus that, you know, ability off the edge as, an, as a really truly around the arc rusher. I, I think it pairs really well with Carl Loftus. I think that's a great point. And it's why I think he's a great candidate to be picked by the Chiefs. So there's our prospects of the week. Tuli Tua Pelotu and Keaton Mitchell. Two very exciting guys in this class. But let's keep the running back talk going here, Maurice, because there's a lot of interesting running backs in this class. A lot of fun ones. I've been watching them over the last few days or this, this last week. Well, let's start at the top. We know B. John Robinson, the Texas running back, is is that dude. Uh, you know, he is definitely, you know, the best back in the class. I, you know, do you agree with that? I would say, uh, yeah. you know, make yeah. sure. No, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. <laughs> no question. Yeah, just his size, his speed, all that. So, I don't think there's a way he falls into a range where the Chiefs can even think about getting him. I really feel like he's going to go pretty high, even if the the NFL devalues running back, which you can, you know, you can. Uh, let me know if you disagree or not. But I want to talk about the the kind of second tier, in my opinion. I do think there is a clear second tier running back. And I think it's three guys. I think it's Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, uh, who is also a Georgia Tech transfer. Uh, I think it's Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M. And I think it's Ty J. Spears from Tulane, um, someone that I am a huge fan of, um, is Spears. So it does seem like those are kind of the three maybe that are going – after um, Robinson and maybe the, the guys that are possibly um, in the Chiefs range in 31. Now, here's the question. Is there any way, is there any way you can imagine that the Chiefs would actually, four years later, however long it's been, would take another running back in the first round? And would you feel good about it? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it, it, absolutely it, not it, to which one? Absolutely not to which question? I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way possible that they take a running back in the first round unless somehow Robinson just falls to, to 31. Then it's like, uh, we might. Which have I think, to. yeah, and I think it would be it would be dumb to not pick B. John Robinson if he was there at 31. I do think yeah. that he's that good of a player. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so unless it's him, I, I, I really can't see the Chiefs drafting. I think the, the 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 fan base would go crazy. I don't care who it was, like another running back. Why, definitely if if Clyde is still on the roster for, for some reason, having two first round running backs on your roster, just like it's not conducive for, for moving forward. So now nah, I don't think it's any way possible they, they draft a number one draft, uh, draft a running back first pick overall for they for their first round. 
Okay. So now you say that. Now let's go into an alternate universe where somehow, some way, crazy enough, they are taking a running back in the first round. I, I think Jameer Gibbs and Devon A-Chain are the two guys It's you're choosing between. Um, but are there any other guys that are close to them, in your opinion, in this class? And if not, I don't know. How would you would you want to like okay, it's happened now, right? They're in the they're in the offense. Does it really make the offense that much better to have one of these guys that that are potentially gonna be first round picks this year? Man, yes. I mean, I think they yeah. like, okay. like, I think they're good enough where they make any offense to they get on better. Right. I mean, both 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 are very explosive, top end speed, like they can really give you that Jamal Charles effect. Where yeah. at, at any given time that they touch the ball, you could be looking at a home run play. Like that 90 yard run, you know, for a for a touchdown. Like they give you that type of ability, which I just don't think the Chiefs have right now. No. No, they don't. You're right. And you know, Pacheco has we kind of talked about it. he has a long straight ahead speed. So if you really gave him a, a lane, but he's not gonna make it on his own. Some of these guys will, right? They they make a guy miss an open space, all of a sudden you're gone. Um, so yeah, I you know, it's fun to think about, right? But I, I, I'm with you. These guys should not be on the Chiefs when it comes to April. I do think Ty J. Spears has a chance to go later. I think, I, I think you know, a lot of people are higher on him that maybe he will go. He's had ACL. I think he's had two torn ACLs in his past. Um, and he is kind of this higher cut. He's not that tall, but he looks like a higher cut player. Um, was pretty fast. I really like him. I, I, I do, but I think he could maybe be a little later. Um, so if he's maybe in that third or running at the – you know, when you're a running back, you don't run the 40 at the combine. I think that right. hurt you a little bit. So him him stepping out and not running that 40 yard dash kind of had me like, all right, why you ain't running? Like I really kind of kind of raises the flag. But I mean, when you when you watch him, I mean, he's dynamic. Dynamic um, is the word. Yeah, like I really think he's a dynamic back. I mean, good vision, good feet, uh, makes people miss. Um, I know, yeah. I know. Price, Price, one of the other contributors. He like he say he, he reminds him a lot of Pacheco, but I, I, I think he's di- he's more dynamic than what you get with Pacheco. I see the comparison and why you say why why somebody would say that, but he's a lot more dynamic to me than what Pacheco gives you. You know, I, I, I hate using this comparison. I said it on the AP film room though too, so I'm just gonna say it. He reminded me of of Le'Veon Bell, just with his his ability to kind of be patient, kind of, but also be super explosive out of his cuts kind of change direction very fast kind of play upright that's why that's that's really what reminded me of it because he's kind of a higher cut player like yeah, Le'Veon that, was that makes sense. um but you know Le'Veon was a very special player um but I don't know man you see Spears make some guys miss sometimes at that at his kind of size man I don't know I I like it so uh he's definitely someone I'm excited about but when you kind of go to that next tier running backs, maybe, and, and that's the thing, you know, depending on the which mock drafts which consensus you follow these guys might be above a Ty J Spears but you know, Dwayne McBride from UAB, you know, I, as someone that I've been familiar with for years, I actually had a, a buddy that played at UAB, so I've been watching UAB for a few years. And this dude has been a stud for a while. Um, and, and the problem is I really don't know if, if he's the kind of guy you want to pair with Pacheco because they're kind of redundant a little bit. I think, I think they are not necessarily just how they play style, but just what they're going to be used as. Um, I think Tank Bigsby, you could kind of say the same thing for yeah. uh, to an extent, but I think there's some, uh, you know, some dynamicism there. Sean Tucker from Syracuse is someone I like. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn, obviously a K State guy. I like, I like Deuce. Yeah, I'm excited to see yeah. where he goes because okay, let's talk about Deuce a little bit. Do you? I know his size is just such an outlier, but I feel like sometimes w- when you can kind of hit like he does, you know, when you can kind of be physical like he does, 
the size can actually be an advantage to you. You don't get seen as easy. You know, when you're running the box, the linebackers can't locate you as much. Do you, you know, how confident are you that he's going to be able to, to be a legit dude in the NFL? Uh, you know, when I say legit dude, obviously, I'm not saying an all pro, but yeah, yeah, someone that can have a role. He ain't going to be an every down back. He, I don't think he can take that side, could take that type of punishment. But dude, John is a tough guy. He, he, like, like, he, he plays tough. He plays bigger than what his size would, 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 would give you to believe. But I think he finds a role. I think it's all about the right fit. And that's that's why I'm kind of, you know, glad that he's going to be a later round type of guy where somebody is probably going to be like who picks him already has a vision for how he can be have a role in their offense. I, I think with the right the right type of coach, I think I think he'll be he'll be good. Yeah, I, I do, too. Uh, and, and this is a, a nugget from PFF, but he's one of the only backs in the class that ran more gap runs in college and zone runs, which. It's kind of just a, a, a peculiar uh, number. But I think the point to that for me is that, you know, he's used to following blocks. He's used to reading kind of the flow of, of down blocks and those pulling and those pulling plays. He, he's run plenty of zone, too. But I just feel like he, he might be the most kind of ready to jump in right away. And some of these mid round, later round backs just because of the experience he had in that in that run heavy K-State offense. Right. Very multiple. Again, they have so they had so many different schemes they were running. I think some of these these Detroit Lions type teams, these Eagles type teams that run a lot of variable um, run schemes, you know, he could come in right away and 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 run in and, and look fine, right? So I mean, I think that, his ability, like he he plays well in in in, in, in pass receptions, like yeah. I've seen him land up at at slide receiver now and, and run and catch out the backfield. I mean, I even seen him stick his nose in there and pick up the blitz and, and chop big defensive ends. Like right, he, he has the heart, man. If, if nothing else. Exactly. Hey, you know, it's not the same type of player, but, you know, Darren Sproles was doubted quite a bit, I'm sure, coming out. And, uh, right. hey, you know, it's not the, type, it's the same type of player. And even Darren Sproles, I think, was a little bigger. <laughs> He's fun, which is crazy to think about. Um, Kendra Miller, the TCU back, is another one um, that, that's that's in that range. But, no, I, I just to kind of make the point on McBride, because um, he is a really exciting back, so you're going to hear about him a lot from mm-hmm. UAB, but he had five career receptions. Five. That's it. Oh, wow. Um, So that's a lot of these guys are having at least 30, 40, 50, 60 career receptions as, you know, just naturally, even if they're not really used as pass down backs, you know, that's just, that just kind of shows you how little experience he has as a, as a receiver. He really is just more of that in between the box kind of, kind of runner, a true running back, but he's going to be a good player in the NFL. But now let's, I'm almost more intrigued by some of these later round guys. And, And we already talked about Keaton Mitchell as one of them. Again, I would, put him in this kind of category with some of these we mentioned, you know, Deuce Vaughn, Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker. I feel like he, he could be in a similar range. Um, but another guy I like in this range is Eric Gray from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of how Jarek McKinnon um, plays to where he's kind of this solid, um, kind of shorter, but, but stout back. You know, he's, gonna, he's not going to be easy to bring down necessarily, um, but he's also not just like breaking tackles all the time or anything. Right. Um, but he has good burst. He has good vision. You know, he kind of, you know, he can see it well and, and kind of really accelerate through gaps. Um, but also just kind of be that player that can be, you know, used as a, as an overall, you know, a, a pass down back to um, not the greatest pass protector. He's, he's not Jarek McKinnon in that way, um, but definitely something I'm interested in. He's from Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, um, he, he, almost, I mean, decent, smaller, but decent size, almost five ten, right? 
Right, and he's a thicker dude. I think he came into the combat. So he got a little yeah, two hundred seven. I, mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he a little stout. Got a little 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 thing, you know, where he, he probably can take take a little punishment. That because that's thing about a running back is like you're getting hit almost every play, whether you got the ball or not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and so and that's the thing. To do that. Yeah, and he was he was taking wildcat snaps for him at Oklahoma. Um, you know, and Oklahoma's offense is a very, you know, kind of a similar uh, an offense to the Chiefs in terms of a spread. But also being able to run, uh, you know, run pretty well with 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 uh, polling plays and running quick screens. You know, Oklahoma is a pretty modern offense, and uh, he was using a lot of different ways with it. So definitely someone I'm looking at. You know, Kenny McIntosh, though the Georgia running back is is someone that should be on everybody's list as as a as a later round Chiefs target because I think he is the perfect fit for what the Chiefs want at running back to pair with Pacheco, a pass down back. He was he was Georgia's pass down back. He he was one of the most prolific uh, pass catching running backs in in college football last year. Um, and and one of the crazy stats about him, he has seventy six career receptions, you know, four receiving touchdowns, all that, zero drops in his entire career uh, oh, as wow. a, as a as a you know. And all these guys have drops, right? You know, I'm looking at rates of thirteen percent, ten percent from some of these some of these guys. This guy, uh, uh, Kenny McIntosh, no drops in his career. Um, as a pass down back, someone that's getting a lot of passes. So, do you uh, do you have have you gotten eyes on him at all? And, and what do you think? That's about? why I'm like I'm like man. That's why I'm like oh wow. I I have not looked at him. Yeah, and he's and he's someone that that is is ready to pass protect. Um, you know, uh, Nate was the one who reviewed him for our show on the YouTube channel, but he had great clips where yeah, yeah you I'm can see it, man. He's he he's ready to he's ready to pass protect. He's ready to come in and block. Um, you know, blitzers and stuff and. You know, that's honestly and uh, and here's where I can ask you, like, that's honestly almost more important, I think, to the Chiefs than even being able to be this like dynamic weapon as a receiver. You know, if you can come in and block off uh, as a pass protector, man, I don't know. What do you think? Is that kind of crazy what, to say? I think that's what I don't think what McKinnon did in receiving and, and all of that was the reason he got brought back. I think what the reason they hate brought him back was simply right. because they needed somebody on third down who could pick up a blitz if needed. What he everything else he added on top of that was was a plus. Yeah, no, exactly. And and I really think that that could it could come down to that in the draft where they may pick a guy, even if he's not like this impressive athlete, impressive, you know, in, with the ball in his hands. Maybe they just really like how he pass protects and all of a sudden he's getting on third downs in his first year in the league because he can come up and, and, and help his tackles or. And that's the thing, though. We don't know how much more important that'll be you know maybe if they have a better left tackle but again they might have a rookie left tackle which then again you will still need to be chipping plenty so so much to learn about the chiefs this offseason i'm so excited man and and that's all we got for today's show maurice Um, i'm so glad you joined me man i think the people really uh really enjoyed the show but i want you to give uh give them an opportunity to let you know where they can find you uh where they can find your stuff find your work and then if you just got anything kind of coming up or any articles you want to plug I mean, just y'all can follow me on Twitter. It's at Reese Nichols. That's R-E-C-E-N-I-C-K-E-L-Z for Reese Nichols. Y'all can follow me on Twitter. Stay tuned. I mean, I got some stuff that I'm working on. I ain't going to even tell y'all about it yet. But as far as I'm always writing something and, and playing yes, around, trying to get trying to get ready. I'm, I'm anxious for free agency to start because that's when I get to really right. kind of, in my opinion, get my, my bag. Of, of of talking what I think Veach might do. Like I, lo- I love trying to figure out what I feel like Veach might do. So I'm excited, man. Follow me on Twitter. Um, look out for me on Earlhead Pride when the articles drop. And yeah, man, I appreciate you bringing me on, Ryan. You know, the yes, first minute. Let's make it happen. 
Yes, sir. No, yeah, it'll be first of many. We've got a long draft process. You know, we've already done so much. But, man, we've still got, like, seven weeks until the draft, man. And and I know that sounds – it sounds short some days, and then it sounds super far away other days. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited, though. Super yeah, pumped when up. I thought I covered everybody, you mentioned King. I'm like, who? Like, I, like I, <laughs> how I miss him. So now I'm like, now I got to go do some more studying, right? So Man, you're going to – I'm telling you, you're going to like him. He's, he's definitely going to be someone you're going to come away being like, oh, I'd love to see him in a Chiefs uniform. So – Make sure you keep it tuned in, everybody. Make sure you keep uh, listening to the Area Pride Podcast Network. We'll have plenty of stuff coming out. Vichy's going to be out on Monday. Uh, editor show every Wednesday. Uh, make sure you plug into the YouTube show as well, AP Film Room, every, uh, every Thursday morning. And, yeah, we'll just catch you next time on the pod. Appreciate you guys.